I'm Tefera Jemian. And I'm Hannah Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! yeah! So this week, we are reading uh, one of the books that was suggested by one of our wonderful uh, donors to the Indiegogo campaign last summer. Uh, And so this book was uh, recommended by Kirsten Otis, and it is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by... Benjamin Eliarse Sainz. I should not... I should know how to pronounce this, but I don't. Well, I don't either, so I'm also not looking at it. I think it's Sainz. Sainz? God, oh God, I should have looked this up. I feel terrible. We are sorry that we did yeah. not look up how to pronounce the name because, of this author. Because I keep trying to pronounce it in French, but it's definitely not French. It's, yeah, it's, it's Spanish, Spanish, and I don't know how I to pronounce things in Spanish. I and don't I'm either. Sorry. My deepest apologies for that butchery. That is just, <laughs> just <laughs> I usually look up pronunciation before the episode, and uh, um, and I had a week, and I did not. <laughs> well, we are sorry. I usually do not, and I usually clearly rely on Tavra to know what she's doing. <laughs> And I, I could know what I was doing too, but I just don't. Um, anyways, so we're gonna reading. say I'm gonna say with confidence that is not backed up by anything. Science. I'll I'll buy it. Sure. There's just a lot of vowels. <laughs> there are many vowels. I just spent a week learning how to pronounce different vowels in French properly because I was apparently pronouncing many of them incorrectly. Well, that's it. My head uh. went straight to Saison, which has like a similar mm. collection of vowels, but is a different language. No. Yeah. Okay, anyways, so this this is Aristotle and Dante Discovered the Secrets of the Universe. And so this is a book that came out about seven years ago now, and it was, like, very big on the YA scene, especially in terms of queer YA. I think it was, like, one of... This was on the, the front end of, like, YA books starting to have queer protagonists, eh? I was not aware of this book before last week. Okay, that's really interesting, yeah. because it has definitely been on my radar for a long time. And I have been continually like, how have I managed to not read this yet? I did not um, know anything about it before reading it. Oh, and interesting. I'm going to talk about how that affected I, the reading of it. All I knew was that, like, they were gay and it was a little bit heavy. That was right. basically all I knew. So um, it was published in 2012? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's won a bunch of awards. Um, I think it won a Stonewall Book Award and and some other stuff. But anyway, so so the book is about the book is about a kid named Aristotle, who okay. is he it follows him over the course of like a year and a half. So he's fifteen when it starts, seventeen when it ends, and he's he's a bit he's always felt a little bit out of place. He's a little bit of a likes to keep to himself, and then he meets this other boy Dante at the pool one summer, and they become fast friends and um sort of do a lot of learning and growing together and uh and discovering of the secrets of the universe and yeah we can talk about what that entails and and there's a lot of really good family stuff as well and it's just a very like beautiful thoughtful really intricate story of very much a coming of age like i think this is a very true coming of age novel I just looked up pronunciation, okay. so I'm actually just going to invite you all into my procedure. Pronouncenames.com Same. Same. 
Okay. Okay. So that is generally what I do <laughs> when I encounter a name that I, I cannot pronounce. And honestly, <laughs> I usually check every name before I go on air talking about a person. Um, That's smart. <laughs> I admire you for many reasons, <laughs> but that is one of them. <laughs> well, thank you, Hannah. You're welcome. Okay, so let's talk about this book. Um, I'm interested to hear about your take of your experience of reading it, knowing nothing about it, because I, I knew going in that like th- that they were gonna be gay and get together at the end, and I am really curious as to what the reading experience was like without knowing that. I did not know that. Okay, I did not know anything about this book. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, judging on the title alone, I thought I was not going to like this book. <laughs> I thought it was going to be some dumb white boy road trip book. <laughs> because oh, yeah, and there's like a pickup truck on the front cover. And... Because with apologies to our patron Lizzie Tenhove, who is doing her PhD in classics, only boring people read Aristotle and Dante, and there's a car on the front. <laughs> So um, Lizzie is not boring and does read Aristotle. And I like Dante. Um, yeah, I didn't mind Dante. I, I enjoyed Dante quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I do not enjoy philosophy. So I went, well, going into it, I just kind of... I had it, no it idea. It was this, this, this wonderful sort of uncovering of detail after detail. And it was yeah. just such a delightful experience. I read this book. I started a new job two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm doing a full-time office job for the first time in my life, in fact. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was reading this kind of right while I started at lunch and on my commute and, mm-hmm. um, which is what I will be doing from now on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just so atmospheric, so gripping, so mm-hmm. moving. I want to talk about the pacing of okay. this book. The pacing, this is this is possibly the best paced novel I have ever read. Okay. The, the, I want to hear more about the that. pacing is just, I don't know how he does it, but I felt that there was never a slow point. I never felt as I often do reading YA that kind of all the important stuff happened within a few pages. It just builds so consistently so steadily and um and it's just engaging the whole time it's beautiful i also Mm -hmm. did not know obviously that it was a a coming out story a queer story and Mm -hmm. uh, i remember about halfway through thinking this book seems really queer baby (laughs) 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 and i and i really hope it's not queer baiting Mm -hmm. you know um it's not queer baiting. It's just queer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. uh, and and the thing for me was, I just never knew where he was going with it. Mm-hmm. And um, that was. It's so rare now that I read a book that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it just felt like that experience again of finding a book in the library and pulling it off the shelf based on whatever title cover not knowing anything about Mm -hmm. it the way I discovered so many of the authors who are now my favorites it was just a really pure wonderful experience um so yeah I mean thank you to Kirsten for this this experience because it was just great and I don't think I would have had it otherwise um there was something really special about reading it without knowing anything about it Mm mm-hmm yeah, I envy you that experience, actually. I I mean, I knew little enough that I still feel like I sort of got that. Like, I I was actually convinced for a large portion of, 
of the book that um, that Ari was asexual. Okay. And like wasn't necessarily going to figure out exactly what that was because it was the eighties, right? But um, yeah, I, I I still really enjoyed the ending and what actually happened. But I was like, I don't think this is what actually is going to happen because I'm pretty sure they get together at the end. But hypothesis. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought Ari like is it Ari or Ari? Do you know? Oh, it's probably Ari. It's but I don't Ari. know for sure. Yeah. Um, when he had the girl he was interested in, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, okay, so I guess it's not. Like, that's when I was like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I do like the the uh, possibility of him being bisexual. Yeah. Which yes. I feel is left open. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I really love about this book is that it, it doesn't feel the need to give us too much information, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it is possible that Ari is bi. It's possible that Ari is uh, is demisexual. Yeah, um, yeah, um, or even asexual. I mean, they don't mm-hmm. have have sex. That's true. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of not. That's not information we need for the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like just kind of mm-hmm. that resistance to being like, okay, this person is X, Y, Z. Because when yeah. you're 18, 16, you, you know, you, you don't know that you're X, Y, Z. You're still kind of trying things on. No, You generally know if you're like queer or not. But like, mm-hmm. you know, everything else changes yeah. so much. Yeah. And you don't like he doesn't need labels to know that like. To have the realization that, like, part of what has been making him feel kind of outsidery is that he is not hetero yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. I loved the, um, uh, this is again to the pacing. I don't mm-hmm. know the last time I read specifically a young adult novel that covered so much time. Yeah. So consistently. The pace, again, this is like mm-hmm. back to the pacing, which I think is so good. Um, we cover about two years in this book. Yeah. And it's not a long book. No. And it doesn't drag and it doesn't skip any any time, really. Yeah, it goes faster in some parts than others, yeah. but it doesn't skip anything. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, yeah. And it's so rare these days, anyway, to have a young adult novel that isn't just like mm-hmm. a summer or a school year. True. Um, it, it, the length of it, I think, was really valuable because we got that slow burn. Yeah, and the slow growing up, too. Yeah. Like, like... Ari does a lot of growing up over the course of the book, uh, which is really cool. And there's actually, there's some self-reflection on that at the end where they kind of, where where they're really, they're kids at the beginning and they are not kids anymore at the end. Um, And that's, so this is, I think the thing that I loved most about this book is it just covers so many different things. Like it covers you know, the bittersweetness of growing up and not being a kid anymore. It has some really beautiful and tough and lovely like family situations it has it's just really nice Mm -hmm. yeah I mean family is such an important note in this book and I think we need to spend a lot of time talking about parents because Mm -hmm. um that was another thing I noticed was just how present the parents are yes and I think I was really I mean I, I was thinking about why we spend so much time on parents and um, was realizing that probably part of it is that we notice more. When you're a teenager, your parents are just part of your life. And, and it's just kind of background noise. When you're an adult, you kind of notice it. So I think as adults going back and reading YA mm-hmm. books, you know, we don't have parents as our daily part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we notice more 
sort of the absence or presence. But in this book, what I found so, so lovely um, was how both of their parents are just wonderful. Yes. Both of their parents are surprisingly supportive and loving. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that I love the absolute most, and this is a huge spoiler, uh, so before I say that, I'm going to say that for this book, I genuinely believe that a pure reading experience is like so valuable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So my advice is stop listening now, go read the book, <laughs> and then come back. Mm-hmm. But I love that it's Ari's parents who tell him that he's in love with Dante. Yeah. I love that it's Ari's parents who sit him down and say, honey. <laughs> Yeah, you are so in love with this boy. Yes, no, I absolutely love that scene, and I also love that it's the same scene, right? Is it the same scene where where his father finally like tells him something about his war experiences, or are those two different scenes? It's all in the same um, part of the book. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's the same scene or not. Yeah, I I just yeah I love the. I love the evolution of Ari's relationship with his parents because yeah. his well his his parents do change a little bit, but it's mostly that sort of his his perception of them also changes yes. a lot. Yes, because I think you start out the book with Ari and Dante both have great parents. Dante mostly knows that he has great parents yeah. and has a really good relationship with them. Ari does not really know that he has great parents. Ari is a, is afraid of his father at yes. the beginning of the book. Um, and it was actually, it was an interesting reading experience because I actually, like, it took me a while to realize that Ari actually had a pretty good dad because, like, from Ari's thoughts about his dad, I, like, was imagining, like, a dad that was, like, absent and, like, probably drunk and, like, maybe a little bit abusive. Yeah, I got that Um, impression. But that's, it's, it's just that he doesn't talk to him. Well, he's distant. He's distant, yeah. Um, and I do think, I mean, I would say Ari has loving parents. I would mm-hmm. not say Ari necessarily has, like, great parents in the sense that they get things right all the time. Because Ari's parents, as soon as their oldest son went to jail, acted as though he had never existed. Put mm-hmm. away all the photos of him. Didn't visit him in prison. Didn't talk about him to his siblings. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that Ari's fear is really, really based on if I slip up, my parents will erase me too. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought that specifically, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Slight correction. They do. It's revealed at the very end that they they have tried to visit him and tried to write him and been refused. Okay. Okay. I missed Um, that detail. Like you, you don't get a lot mm-hmm. on on what that was like, but um, but yeah. silence, not talking, but the, about the, a member no, of the, the family. not talking about him yeah. is very, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. There, I mean, I think there are a lot better parents by the end of the book yes. than there at the beginning of the book. Um, yeah, I mean, especially because Ari has memories of his brother, mm-hmm. but that comes up that they did have a relationship and that mm-hmm. he had no idea what happened yeah and for a long time i think believed his brother was dead and then one of his sisters finally told him no he's he's in prison mm-hmm. and don't ever talk about it yeah. um i would say that is a a a pretty monumental parenting misstep yeah so i'm gonna stop just short of saying that ari's parents are great yeah uh but they learn and they change and by mm-hmm. the end of the book 
they really have a basis for a good relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that, that's yeah. a good assessment. Um, I like that that comes in part from them making friends with Dante's parents. Yes. Um, I mean, who knows? You know, we don't see that relationship because mm-hmm. we see what Ari sees. But mm-hmm. um, it it seems like that friendship just gives them a freedom that they didn't have before. Yeah, you get the idea that they're yeah that I, that that interacting with them helps a lot with that yeah no I love I love the parental relationships and I love I love how much they both also by the end of the book like like not just like the parent like the the it's changed from the parent side but like I love how much Ari and Dante both love their parents by the end of the book it's like really really lovely yeah Dante's Um, parents are goals yeah like they're those are the parents I want to be that's like Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, um quite a lot of Ari's mom as well yeah Ari's mom I find more relatable Mm -hmm. um because well I mean so just like to put on my like writer literary criticism hat for like two seconds another facet of this book that I find just so compelling is that we have a very limited perspective we Mm -hmm. have Ari's perspective it's a a limited narrator we don't Mm -hmm. see more than what Ari sees and so we don't see as much of Dante's parents because Mm -hmm. um, because we see what Ari sees yeah we only see them Um, but Ari's mom I too like when I started the book thought of her as oh, she's a woman who feels tied to, like, a not-great husband, and maybe by the end of the book she'll leave him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the book, I thought I thought his dad was not around at all. And that, too, is a valuable part of the pacing of the book, I think, because, yeah. because Ari's dad gradually becoming part of his life, going mm-hmm. from being basically absent to being somebody he talks with and digs into things with and you know who's mm-hmm. supportive that's beautiful and that is th- this uh, this book this <laughs> book I was just at the park with my sisters and their kids and I was mm-hmm. just to both of them I was like I know you don't read young adult lit I know you will never listen to my podcast I have accepted this but read this book <laughs> like, it's so good it's so mm-hmm. well written I think if everybody read this book we would have less bigots like my god it's a masterful piece of writing and yeah. and a lot of the time when I read young adult lit you know we talk about this the story being more of a driving force than the writing you don't mm-hmm. always get um what am I saying like you don't always get kind of a writer who's playing with writing yeah you know you get somebody who's t- telling stories really well who's, mm-hmm. who's doing dialogue really well but the kind of really getting into writing and playing with it and and doing cool things with writing yeah. itself you don't always see I mean and that's the same honestly that's the same with books all over like mm-hmm. every category I just mostly read young adult lit mm-hmm. um the writing is so good the choice to limit the narration so tightly is so good mm-hmm. um because you just develop with the protagonist and that's like so valuable i love it mm-hmm. so much i was talking about limited perspective i was talking about ari's relationship with his dad and how he becomes a character in ari's life yes. and and we really are brought along on that journey with ari 
Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the book, we're not totally sure where his dad is because Ari isn't totally sure where his dad is mm-hmm. in the beginning of the book. And then very gradually, you know, a bit by bit by bit, we get more and more and more and more. Um, the other thing that I love about it, just from a writer's perspective, mm-hmm. is that it ends very abruptly when it's complete. Like, yes. like this is the story of Ari discovering he is in love with Dante. Ari discovers he is in love with Dante, and the book ends. And then we're done. That's the end of the yeah, story. That's, true. And, and I was surprised because I think often in YA, you get that scene a couple chapters from the end. Mm-hmm. You, you, and then you have a little bit of time to kind of sit in it. Because, well, okay, here's, here's a thought about that. I don't know that this book is a romance per se. Like, I, th- I think that, I think that it, I'm going to go so far as to say it's not a romance. Mm-hmm. It is like it. It is about Ari. Like it is about Ari discovering that he's in love with Dante, um, but it's not a romance in the typical sense. So that's truly, yeah. The yeah. the climax is not, or like the ending is not. You know, a chapter of them being sweet and in love together. The ending is like Ari discovering and acting on this revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. It's not a romance because we don't know that Ari mm-hmm. is in love with Dante through the whole book. And in a romance, you know who's meant to be together. Yeah. Um, with this one, I kind of kept being like, well, maybe, well, maybe. I think, I'm going to get personal for a second. Because <laughs> I think one of the things I really loved about the love mm-hmm. story is that it really kind of mirrored my own relationship, the story of my <laughs> own relationship, which is that Tom and I were friends for years and years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And then one day, under some circumstances, um, partly because I was considering moving away Mm -hmm. at that point, uh, he told me um, that he loved me. And and I was just like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, what? Like, like it was very, uh, it was just like, I didn't have that kind of, oh, we're friends and maybe I'm into him and maybe we're flirting. It was really, he was just like, well, I'm in love with you. And and I was immediately just like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. Like, yes, this makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I really felt like with this book, it's it's really the same story. It's it's, yeah, it's although it's similar. their parents who do the telling. Yeah, um, well, because Don like Dante tells Ari he's in love with him much yeah. earlier in the book, but but I think because of internalized homophobia yeah. and all of this, it takes longer. Yeah, for the mutual recognition to happen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, for Don, for Ari, it's it's his parents say you are in love with him, and, yeah. he, and that's the like, oh yeah, oh. yeah moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love um, that it's his parents. I love yeah. that. Oh. Man, I forgot that you were gonna move. That you were like seriously gonna move to Halifax. Yeah, like two years ago. Man, I'm glad you didn't do that. Um, yeah. for many reasons. But <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, though I mean, I would love to be near the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's oh, the parents are so good. Yeah, um, and just so, and I mean, I love, I love the through line of Dante and his brother and how that gets uncovered a little bit. I think one thing that really strikes me mm-hmm. is that this book, having finished it, like when I think of it, I think of it as a very peaceful book. Yeah, this book is so dramatic. Like, in the first few chapters, Arya gets hit by a car. And then he is in the hospital. And then he has two broken legs for, like, months. And then Dante 
gets beaten up Mm -hmm. uh, in the hospital. And somehow it still just reads so smoothly. Yeah, well, it's... It is. I mean, it's. It's. I wonder if part of that peacefulness actually comes from like the convalescence element of it. That's true. Yeah. Like, cause Don, like Ari, spends like several chapters stuck in bed just thinking about things. The scene when Dante gives him a sponge bath. Oh God! Yes. I just. I had shivers. <laughs> yeah. No. It's a masterfully put together book. Um. And it's just. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's kind of like. It's like bathed in golden light yeah. the whole way through. Yeah. It that's feels a like perfect way to put it. <laughs> I I think of it I like that. Um I think of it as bathed in golden light and I also think of kind of the mistiness before it rains. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the two moods in this book. Yeah. I mean the whole thing feels very sepia toned. In a, in a it doesn't feel sepia toned to me. Okay. But I see what you mean by that. In a good way, not in a bad way. No, no, I yeah, know. I know. In a, in a just sort of like nis- Nostalgic yes. coming of age. Everything is like hot and summery, and yes. like, it feels more golden to me than sepia. I'm gonna fair. go with your first You're metaphor for myself golden? for my personal okay, vision. Tense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's beautiful. I find that I just have different things to say about this than I like. I'm a, I I. I can't approach this book the way we usually do. Yeah, no, we're not being very methodical today, but because it has, it, I mean, it's just stunned me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I feel I finished it this morning, and okay. I feel yeah. Similarly, I think yeah, it's just it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah, um, with lots of like lovely little details, and uh, I want to loop around to Arya's parents again because mm-hmm. I just remembered something. Mm-hmm. So Arya's parents never talk about his older brother ever, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. It's Bernardo, right? Yeah. Bernardo. And so the time that they start to talk to Ari about it is when they see Ari possibly starting to also be violent mm-hmm. because Bernardo got put in prison um, for for beating people up and mm-hmm. um, accidentally killing somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> by beating him to death. When Dante gets beaten up in a homophobic attack, Ari goes and finds the perpetrator and and beats the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. A, I love that that is handled by, like, I love that what happens is he beats him up, the kid goes home, and his dad is like, wait, I know this kid's dad, I'm going to call this kid's dad instead of calling the police right away. Yes. And I'm going to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and Arya's dad is very clear that he is lucky that he didn't call the police because mm-hmm. he would have been within his rights to call the police. Yeah, and that's when they kind of go, "Oh, you know, shielding him, sheltering him isn't working. Mm-hmm. We need to be honest with him. He needs to know what's going on." Mm-hmm. Um, that is the approach. No, I mean, they shouldn't have taken the approach of being like, "And don't be like your brother." But I, mm-hmm. I do really believe that it's always the best as far as you can safely to tell your children the truth about things mm-hmm. and about how you feel about things. Because um, there's a big difference between and then your brother went to prison and don't you go to prison. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel really sad that, yeah, you know, something I sometimes I feel like I failed him as a parent and made him do or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that. I don't know. I'm still figuring this out. My children are small. But I really like that for them. It's kind of that. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. this just happened. We need to talk about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And their solution is to say, hey, Ari, 
you know why you're this upset about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what these feelings are, right? Mm-hmm. The reason you are reacting this strongly is that you are in love with him. You need to understand that and stop throwing yourself in front of cars and beating people up. Yeah. <laughs> he shoves Dante out of the way of a car. Mm-hmm. Is what happens. Yeah. 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 No, and I think there's a bit of a through line actually with Dante's with Arya's parents of um of realizing their mistake in not being more candid with him. Yeah. Um because I think that I th- this is a little bit smaller, but I think that they also realize and feel that way about his aunt and her partner. Yes. Later. I managed um, to forget about his talk about them. Oh, yeah, man. okay. Yes. So so um <laughs> They were just doing a happy dance and it's great. Um, so um, Ari has an aunt, Ophelia. Ophelia, right? Um, who it seems that her and his mother are close. They've corresponded for years. Um, and so she, it seems like, gets sick towards the end yeah. of the book. And uh, Ari's mother goes to visit her. I and think she's a great aunt. I think she's his mother's aunt. Oh, that makes more sense. But he calls yeah. her Aunt Ophelia. Um, that makes more sense. Anyways, so she... That that makes more sense. So, great aunt. Um, so, the mother goes to visit her. And in 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 that happening, Ari sort of, like, remembers what seems like he's forgotten a little bit, which was that he lived with her for a time when he was four. He, he remembers it as having spent a summer with her. Later, it's revealed that he actually lived for her with, like, nine months. And then the aunt passes away, and they all go down for the funeral. Um... And then, and then in there, Ari is remembering sort of this the, uh, this friend of of Antophilia who she lived with, and then is also asking like, why why does all the rest of your family not talk to her? What's why is that? Because he knows that none of the rest of the family talk to her, and she lives far away, but he doesn't know why. And so then they finally tell him, well, like I forget what the Franny, I think, was the the partner's name. It's something like that. Um, I can't remember. Like, Franny was Ophelia's partner. Like, they were together. They were a couple. Um, and so they, they finally tell Ari this. And he's like, oh, and, like, you didn't have a problem with that or whatever? And I forget exactly how it goes. But they talk about that. And then I, th- I think that that is another big moment for them realizing. I mean, especially once they realize that he's in love with Dante. They're like, we... I think that they think that they should have talked about his aunt and her relationship a lot sooner to him um, mm-hmm. because clearly like they have been accepting of queer people this whole time and, and Ari just doesn't know. Yeah. Um, and doesn't know any, knows queer people and doesn't know that they are queer. Um, the the um, putting the book in the 80s was a really neat move because yeah. it enables him to tell this story. You couldn't have told this story setting it. Can, well, it would have. It would have been. Yeah, you may. Be, it would have been harder. Not in public school. <laughs> yeah. Um. In some communities. In, I. Yeah. I. Now that you're saying this, like, right. I certainly, as an adult, have like been like, oh, all these queer people, mm-hmm. like who I knew, and just had no idea, and just didn't know why people didn't really talk about them, and right, you know why we never went to their house, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um. So, like, there are communities where you could still tell that story, but there's something really special about placing it in that mm-hmm. in that time. Uh, I did have a few moments where I'd be like, well, why don't they just text? And then I'd be like, oh, right. <laughs> it's the 80s. <Yeah. laughs> They've got to write each other letters. 
Oh, but that's so beautiful. Yeah. I love, oh, I want to talk about Dante. Okay. Yeah. I love Dante. I love Dante's letters. I mm-hmm. love Dante's generosity. Yes. I love that Dante says, I know you don't really write letters. That's okay. I'm going to still write to you. You write to me when you feel like it. Like, mm-hmm. I love that Dante also, when Ari finally comes around and tells him, I do love him. I do love you. Um, has to be like you've hurt me a whole whole lot Mm -hmm. like a lot a lot yeah um and like i know you were figuring this about out about yourself and that's okay and i've given you time and space but like how do i know that you're not just gonna hurt me again Mm -hmm. how do i know that you know we kissed once before and you told me it didn't do anything for you so Mm -hmm. like how do i know that that this isn't just gonna be yeah your secret thing that you don't admit to other people Mm -hmm. Um, I love that Dante has that generosity and also has self-respect and good boundaries. Yeah. Dante just in general has such a good sort of sense of himself and a confidence in himself, which I think is where those other things come from. Like he is... Yeah, he is he is surprisingly not insecure and not... he He is very comfortable with who he is. And... Yeah, and it's, it's really beautiful. Like, in all senses of the word, like, comfortable in in telling people how he feels and and giving exactly as much as he wants to give, not sort of um, scaling it to what the other person wants to give. And, yeah, it's just I mean, beautiful. I admire that. That's something I'm terrible at. Oh, absolutely. Like, like I always... I am so bad at just being like, yeah, I'm not in that place yet. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, uh, it's just beautiful. And I mean, as mm-hmm. a testament to his parents also. Yeah. I love how, even though Ari kind of alludes to machismo and hypermasculinity at times, mm-hmm. this book is so, is such a beautiful example of uh, something a term people have proposed as the opposite of toxic masculinity, of tender masculinity. Um, just in the sense that there are a whole lot of men who are just good people. Mm-hmm. being loving being approachable being flexible learning changing mm-hmm. growing yeah i mean one of the problems with toxic masculinity is that it erases those experiences it, yeah. it you know pushes our good men into the shadows um mm-hmm. and well it actively discourages vulnerability yeah. and emotionality and all yeah. of that well but even even i mean like even besides the like obvious bad things of toxic mm-hmm. masculinity and the way it hurts men it, it belittles the influence of good men also mm-hmm. yeah fair. um and there's something really wonderful about having a book that mm-hmm. uh, i just i love i love the the journey of this book from the beginning yeah. where you think there's okay there's good mom and there's bad dad mm-hmm. and confused teenage boy and brother in prison okay and then like and his sisters tell him things the beginning of the book where the men are all quite literally absent and then the end of the book where you have Dante's dad and Ari's dad and and Julian's dad like briefly after Ari beats up Julian Mm -hmm. and um I mean Ari and Dante who are becoming men Mm -hmm. and just so many other peripheral characters who are just I mean honestly far more representative of the men I know yeah. than a lot of what we see in books mm-hmm. and movies and TV. Yeah. And that's such a wonderful celebration mm-hmm. of all the good things men are. 
Mm-hmm. It's rare that I like a book with this much introspection also. So okay. um I lap that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> it's my Pisces son. <laughs> <laughs> I think like especially mm, I don't know if that's yeah, actually what I was gonna say is even true. I was gonna say especially when it's male characters. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's Holden Caulfield, yes, it sucks. Well, because I think that that's the only model of like books with male primary characters Perks that are being mostly flower. Yeah, I haven't read that in a really long time. Okay, um, but yeah, I think I think that's because I, I I just like I I see a book that is mostly a male character being introspective, and I'm like, this is going to be Catcher in the Rye, and I'm going to Catcher in the Rye is garbage. <laughs> Salinger is boring. Um, so apologies to my mother who listens to this podcast. <laughs> but like really just find some better books. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Please still bring me the plants you were going to bring me. <laughs> I'm not necessarily going to endorse Teffer's opinion because I've only read it once and I was 17. Um, I loved it as a teenager. Okay. I loved I it. I hated it. And then I, and then I just got to a point where I was like, wow, I hate everything about this kid. <laughs> But you know what? Sometimes nostalgia makes us love shitty yeah. books. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I want to have a hard copy of this book because I read it on ebook. Yeah. I want to hold it in my hands. I also. Get this book in hard copy. Clear some time in your schedule, even if it's just like on your lunch break. Mm-hmm. And just give yourself the time to really read it. Like even yeah. if you're rereading, this book deserves some space. This book deserves like... This book deserves a like day that you clear your schedule and do nothing but read this book. It, it's quite satisfying to read in a large chunk. Mm-hmm. I mostly read it yesterday and today and this morning. This podcast, this episode is just a lot of like heavy contented sighs. That's how I feel about this book. <laughs> that I have, I yeah. have nothing to critique about this book. I have one extremely small critique. Don't and tell it. me. You look, you look, I think. I mean, I want it to stay flawless. I want it to stay flawless. Okay. Okay, you can tell me. No, my only small critique, and this is, this, this goes into, um, like, what responsibility two authors have, is, like, there is a scene where Ari drives high. Um, and it's not like, it's not like super explicit that he's doing that, but based on context, that's what he's doing. Um, I think it's also pretty clear that Ari should not be driving high in that scene. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think from... I think my beef is I don't know if it's made clear enough that okay. that he's making a bad call at that point. I definitely um, got the sense that he was being like, well, I told mom I wouldn't drive drunk, but I never said anything about driving high. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> See, I did not super get that vibe from that scene. I sort of felt like the driving was just kind of like, and then they drove home. Right. Uh, that that that's literally my only. The, yeah, the I don't. Only... Okay, that didn't ruin it for me because I just I just don't agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I think that was fine. Okay, I mean, it certainly didn't ruin it for me either. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's tricky because like that's definitely something that kids do. So like, I think it's fine to write about it. But I think. That's when he should have got hit by a car? No. Sorry. <laughs> you're the worst. No, I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> Don't like you anymore. Um, well, you tried to ruin this book for true. me, so. <laughs> I did 
not. Um, no, I just would have like, I think I would have even just preferred more of him being like, I really shouldn't be doing this. And I did it and then feeling bad afterwards. Right. That, that would have done it for me. Right. right. Um, okay. I feel like probably a lot more people drove high in the 80s also. Yeah, maybe it was not really I don't know. like... I this, literally this wasn't, wasn't alive. in the 80s. Um, anyways, very small thing. Not a huge deal. Yeah. It's still a very good book. Damn straight. <laughs> also, do you know, this is kind of monumental. Mm. Um, I think that this is the first Indiegogo wreck that we have like unequivocally just really liked. I know I was thinking about that. This is just just proof that we don't unilaterally dislike books um, from Indiegogo. just because somebody else assigned them to us. Yeah. So I, Kirsten wins. Kirsten. Okay. But I actually do. I um, yeah. since we've kind of I think we've kind of wrapped up. I think we wrapped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Erica sent us the most beautiful email. She did after the Daughters of the Forest came out, and I have not responded to her email, although I have kind of responded to her in various other channels a few times. Yes. Um, and I just kind of wanted to come back to it because it was so lovely. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It was so nicely handled, and she basically wrote back like. None of that occurred to me because I just loved it as a teenager, but mm-hmm. I do agree with you. But she apologized for making us read the book. And I wanted mm-hmm. to address that because you never have to apologize for making us read the book. Mm-hmm. If there's a book that we start reading and we're like, this is like too triggering. This is not something we want to like, like mm-hmm. if we don't want to read the book, we won't read the book. Yeah. If it's an Indiegogo campaign and somebody sent us a book and we look it over and are like, ooh, we really can't do this one, we'll, we'll email you. you. Yeah. We'll email you and say, could you pick a different one? Mm-hmm. We can't do this one. Mm-hmm. Um, don't feel bad for giving us a book that we didn't just unilaterally love. Mm-hmm. Because that's where those tensions are where the really interesting conversations come in. Yeah, I was really glad that Erica gave us that book to, to read. Like, I, I for one, like, I did enjoy reading it. Yeah. And I also felt like we had a really good conversation about it. And we sometimes, I mean, we can have really good conversations about books we loved. Yeah. But we, we often have more interesting conversations about books that we didn't unilaterally or that, love. Or that we're conflicted about because conflict... Yeah. Intention or where you get into the interesting stuff, we would mm-hmm. not have had that conversation, which I think was a really important conversation about ethics and YA, about how YA has changed over the years, mm-hmm. about fairy tale retellings, because yeah. I do, like, I stand by it as a fairy tale retelling. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Yeah. I love fairy tale retellings, mm-hmm. and I love that about it. Mm-hmm. And And I think one of the things that bugged me like that made me the most passionate about the things I didn't like was that I loved the rest of the book so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. want it to be complicated. Um, so I just <laughs> wanted to say like, Erica, thank you so much for giving us the book. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for reaching out to us after. Thank you for babysitting my baby this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like we really mm-hmm. don't, for- don't ever apologize for giving us a book. No. It's like, this podcast is about talking about YA lit, not just talking about books we books love. Books that we enjoyed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's for everybody, but especially for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, Dante and Aristotle, Discover the Secrets of the Universe. So beautiful. Definitely mm-hmm. a book you should read. Bathed in golden light. I'm so sorry that I did not look up the pronunciation. I'm really ashamed of that. I like. I'm, I, I feel terrible. I forgive you. <laughs> you don't, I mean, you're not... I know Spanish that. speaking, so you don't have to forgive me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs>
This is Hannah's last episode with us for a little while. It is. I am sadly leaving Montreal for the summer. Um, and I am going to be, my spot will be filled by our two wonderful new interns. So I'm very excited to listen and read along at home. But I will miss all of you. Um, and I will miss doing this. So have a delightful summer, everyone. And you will hear from me again in August or September. We will miss you. But Thank I'm you. so looking forward to working with Sanya and with Caddy. I think their perspectives are going to be just like amazing. I've talked with both of them about books. Caddy's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, Sanya and I are recording the next episode together. Yes. So uh, um, folks, keep an ear out for that. It's going to yeah. be really fun. We're going to be talking about um, the life and lies of Ruxana Ali. The love and lies, um, but yes. The love and lies. The Love and Lies of Rixana Ali. <laughs> um, um, I'm so excited to I hear think it's, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Um, Can't wait. Also, I have been doing a, a terrible job of promoting Yafest on our regular episodes. I always <laughs> do on our Yafest episodes. Yafest, it's in two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's May 26th. Yeah. Um, tickets are still just $20. It's incredible. Everyone um, should go. I'm probably not going to be able to, and I'm very sad, so you should all go in my place and have a delightful time, and that's all. So for, at the time of release, Yafest will be in two weeks. Okay. So you can still get your tickets. It's going to be at the Jewish Public Library. I am moderating three panels and a QA. and a I will publicize what those are about because I don't remember them right off the top of my head. Um, we're going to have a table. We mm-hmm. probably won't have merch available to buy at the table, but we'll have some examples of merch and um, information and you can come chat with us and, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be fun. We might yeah, we're still figuring out exactly what we're doing yeah. with the table, but we'll have a table. And uh, Caddy and Tanya will be manning the table. So if you want to come by and meet our interns, it's mm-hmm. a great opportunity to do it. Yes. May 26th. The lineup is amazing. Just off the top of my head, we have like Maureen Goo, we have Tim Wynn Jones, we have um, obviously Everyone Sabina Khan, everybody who's been interviewed. Um, it's great. Uh, it's it's just like the lineup is incredible. Sarah Milanowski. Um, look at mm-hmm. look at it. Look at the authors we have, and then mm-hmm. you will buy your ticket. Yeah. Also, a note just from from our perspective last year. So we had not read any of the authors last year when we went, and we still had a really incredible time. So and like, if you're like, oh, I authors. haven't actually read any of these books. Like, it would be weird for me to go. No, still go. And then you will fall in love with all of them and you will spend too much money on books Mm -hmm. and it will be great. But you will still have some money left over to pledge to us on patreon.com. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, fast May 26th. Uh, Really hope to see you guys there. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear and at the Balesosaurus. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons Catherine Resch, Kat McGuire, Chantal Thomas, Lizzie Tenhold, Erica Stitchberry. I need to make sure I didn't miss anybody. If I missed you, I still love you. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Tee Public. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend. 
Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Zalat and I as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Aaron Lakoff, host of Changing on the Fly, a brand new podcast on the Upford Network. Changing on the Fly is a podcast that dives deep into the intersections between hockey and social justice. We take on issues of sexism, racism, and homophobia on the ice. You'll hear from athletes, activists, fans, scholars, and even musicians who love hockey but want to keep the jerks out of the game. Think Colin Kaepernick or Serena Williams, but with skates and less teeth. It's your perfect antidote to Don Cherry and Coach's Corner. Hey, Don, what do you think of changing on the fly? Not the left-wing pinkle media, bleeding hearts, guys. What are you, nuts? Anyways... You can find Changing on the Fly wherever you get your podcasts or visit us online at changingontheflypodcast.wordpress.com. Hey, hey, hey.